Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I gotta first commend you on getting through the last episode. If you are listening to this episode on courage and you are following up on the last episode that we recorded on fear, then great job. You did something by facing your fears and getting through it to this episode on courage. Maybe you had to wait a long time (laughs) to get to this episode, um, but you did it. You made it, and we hope it's going to be rewarding. And if you didn't listen to the episode on fear, then I encourage you to because this episode on courage is, is kind of on the heels of that one. It's kind of like go back and listen to the one on fear. We'll summarize it a little bit today of what fear is and how it impacts you, but we really want to talk about courage and how courage can help you in your life and it can help you in your mental health. Ultimately, I think for today, as we as we go into talking about courage, you might have been listening to the last episode and kind of worrying a little bit of like, oh no, how am I going to face my fears? How do I do some of this stuff? We gave you some practical tips. So this is kind of more of like the internal stuff, the courage stuff that it's the juice behind those actions. But also maybe you're someone who you've had some fear and you just don't know what to do with it. Maybe some of the things that we talked about don't work for you or you don't really understand them. Or maybe you just have had something in your life that you want to overcome and this thing has been an obstacle in your life and you need some help with that. Well, courage is the thing that is going to help you do that. So we're hoping that by listening today, you'll see how courage really just doesn't replace fear. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't touch fear that much. It's its own separate thing, but it's something that happens alongside fear that is incredibly powerful. In fact, it's more powerful than fear. And how this thing about learning to disobey your fear using something called wisdom can be really powerful and help you to overcome those obstacles. And then also just overall, like I said, how when you introduce courage into your life, it can change you and help you to be more of yourself and to give you a whole sense of peace about your life. So Nathan, kick us off. What in the heck did we talk about last time? Get everybody up to speed on fear and then introduce us to courage. (laughs) No big deal. Um, (laughs) So last week, a long time ago, you listen to fear. Um, and so what that, the simplicity of that is there's a biological component. It's on a spectrum. Your stress is directly related to that spectrum. That's, by the way, super personal to every single person, right? So some people have different things that they're afraid of, different things that they avoid, and stress correlates with each one of those things till it gets to the point where it goes all the way to fight or flight. And we just kind of broke some of that stuff down and talked about maybe getting eaten by animals, which... You You, you just have to go back and listen to that (laughs) to understand the reality of that. It was a full-on situation. Yeah. So, courage is is not simply the opposite of fear. It's not. Because if it were to be like, oh, I'm afraid of that, well, then I just won't do that. Well, that's not any courage at all. (laughs) That's actually avoidance. (laughs) And we're done. Scene. Right. Face your fear. Oh, look, that's a gigantic bear. 
See ya. <laughs> Run the other way. <laughs> right. No courage involved at all. But also, <laughs> that's a great example because courage is not also running the opposite direction back okay i'm not gonna run away from the bear okay bear come and get it <laughs> right i'm gonna sock it to you <laughs> that is not courage that is foolishness right if the bear does understand it <laughs> when you say i'm gonna sock it to you then maybe you're maybe it's not as bad as you think <laughs> maybe it gets confused like huh <laughs> yeah anyway yeah but courage is not going like not running from the bear which actually sometimes courage could be running from the bear in some situations i guess i could i could say but it's not also just running at it either i mean that's that's weird and has no wisdom potentially and is could be actually dumb so what is courage i would say that yes it involves facing your fear that's true it more involves you sticking with the truth of the situation regardless of how you feel. However, you also have to essentially not be stupid about it. Like there's situations that are in there that what you're doing is you're taking into full account the reality and context of a situation as well as how you honestly feel about something and you are still taking action and it is very tactical. So that's guess what I would say. Yeah, I think if I had to just add something to that, I would say it is tactical in the sense that if you were to look at this on paper, I, the image I get in my head is like those movies where they're, it's like a wartime thing and you've got like your commanders, your generals in this tent and they've got a map on the table. They're looking at what's going on. They've got like some figurines on it of like enemies over here. We want to move some troops into there. It's like the reason why they are able to be so tactical and so strategic is that they're somewhat removed from the situation. And that's helpful because they've got some objectivity, right? They're able to look at these things and because they're not on the front lines, their feelings about what's going on are not guiding what they're doing. They're thinking critically about what's going on. So when we say that courage is not just a replacement for fear, it's like you, you slap courage on top of fear and fear goes away, all of your stress and your anxiety goes away, and then you just have this like magical liquid courage. I mean, that's, you know, I use liquid courage in the sense that that's kind of what people do when they're drinking. It takes away all the fears, but that's not real courage because they're not actually being wise and strategic about what they're doing. So instead, courage is the ability to look at a situation and honestly, and the truth about what is needed and what's going on while still acknowledging the feelings that you might have about it, but being able to move those feelings aside and do what you need to do anyway. So in that sense, courage is a completely different thing from fear in the sense that fear is there. It's like a fixture in the room. It doesn't move. It's the couch that just stays there. Maybe it's like your old, you know, your old stinky couch that's a little bit moldy or it's tattered. You need to get rid of it, but it's like, nope, it's not going anywhere. The fear is still going to be there, but yet you're going to introduce something else alongside it that is better and bigger and more powerful than fear and that's your courage yeah and the more that you face these fears the more that you learn to distrust them right so as you continually look at what's going on and one of the things we did talk about last time last week was this idea of you have to look at it at some point and most of the time we don't even know like what's there but how you i can say one thing of how you can know is your gut your gut's like nope like all it takes is that, that means you now have an opportunity for courage. But courage is smart. It involves 
ownership, like accepting a situation, but it accepts the situation for what it is, not for what it could be, not for everything that it is not, not for the paranoia and delusion that like we can insert into a situation. It owns it and sees it. I think of the movie Braveheart and, you know, it's kind of funny because bravery is very similar to Curve. It's like the vehicle of it. And but there's a scene in there where uh, Mel Gibson's character, William Wallace, is talking to the king of Scotland. And Scotland's really not much of anything at that point. It's just like naturally this guy's supposed to be the king. And he's young. He's a young guy. And Mel Gibson's like crying out to him, if you would just lead, if you would just lead, we'll follow. We'll follow you anywhere. And this guy ends up not doing that. The movie's old. I'm assuming that I didn't ruin anything. (laughs) But he doesn't do that. And he doesn't take the courage it takes to do that because the guy's afraid. There's political situations going on. He's looking at the reality of everything. And then he ends up looking at for only what it costs him He's not looking at it as a king. He's looking at it as an individual, right? So he's not looking at the full context of what's going on. And he doesn't make the decision when it comes to that. So Mel Gibson is first in that movie, like struck with the fact of a personal situation that happens to him with his wife by Britain. So he at first responds that way and then realizes there's a lot bigger picture here. And he kind of haphazardly falls into that. But the reality is, is the courage of where he's at is standing up and going in this situation, possibly with certain death. But also the reality is, is that this is what he is going to live for. This is the danger that he's going to take on. He fully understands it. And he is actually scared of it. But the juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak. It's a bigger picture thing. Yeah, that's actually a really great example because there's so much richness there that I think we need to unpack. One of the things that you said as he stands up and he's taking the action, because courage really does have a lot of action, I think, built into it. You know, whether it's standing up and fighting or going and doing something. I mean, I guess in the case of the bear, it would be like just laying there still. (laughs) That's still action because, you know, playing dead is, I think, from what I've heard, is like the way that you get bears to leave you alone. But that's still an action. So courage leads to some sort of action. But then what that scene is also demonstrating is that it's bringing this character into the fullness of who he is. In a sense, by taking up courage, he's being more himself. He's not really changing or transforming. He's ultimately being himself. So the cowardice on the other side, the king... It's causing him to not be himself. He's shrinking away and being something that maybe, in a sense, maybe that that is how he feels inside, but he's allowing himself to get swallowed up by his fear. And that is covering up or shrinking who he really is down. Whereas William Wallace, this other character, he's becoming more of himself so that you can see more of who he is. And that's, I think, one thing that courage does is it helps you to see more of who you are and it shows who you are to other people. I think there's another element as well, which is in that scene, William Wallace is very clear on what the enemy is. It's not his fear. It's very clearly this other, you know, the oppression that's coming and what he's standing for, what he wants, what is important to him, his, the, the meaning or the value, the purpose of his life comes into alignment and clarity for him of like, this is what I need to do. And that thing is motivating him to take up the courage to face the fear. Again, the fear isn't the enemy, right? Fear is something he's feeling. 
the enemy is this other thing over here that he's trying to take action to do something about, you know, to defend his country. And so I think that's another thing that fear, I said in the last episode, it obfuscates reality. It, it, it blinds you to what's really going on because all it can get you to see and feel and think and pay attention to is whatever it wants you to believe, which is a distortion. But when you can move that feeling of fear aside and you can take up courage, you can see things more clearly for what's going on. Like you said in the, in the very beginning of the episode, you can see the reality of the situation, which is we need to step up and to do this thing. We need to go to war and to fight. Yeah, I think of that idea of when you get to where you're, essentially it's almost like you're deciding where you're going to die. Like fear's presenting this thing. Like if you do this, worst case scenario is you're going to die. Like in that example, he said, okay, all right, then we'll see if I do. Because if I don't do this, I'm already dead, right? So it's a way to organize how you actually feel about yourself, who you actually are, and it's an acceptance of that. We're framing it this way with, you know, using this, it's a great movie for it, and that's really positive and it's really awesome, but what would it take to admit to somebody that you have some kind of a problem, right? You don't want anybody to know you you don't have a problem. Let's not ever talk about blah, blah, right? But to actually say, like, no, this is, this is me. This is what I struggle with. You're accepting the, the thought that they are now going to not like you, not want to be around you. They're going to leave you. They're going to treat you differently. And here's the thing. They might. They might do that. And in some cases, it might be good, actually, to be honest, that things separate themselves out. But courage is willing to kind of basically deal with all of those things and let the chips fall where they may. And... It's not blindly doing something. There is enough sight or insight moving forward to where you can kind of see a bit into the future, meaning that the future of you're either going to be who you are or you're not. Yeah, you said in the beginning of the episode, actually before when we were planning this episode, that you wanted to use the term disobeying fear with wisdom. And I thought that was so interesting because when you're obeying fear, you're allowing it to control you. You're doing what it tells you to do. You're feeling whatever it wants you to feel. You're allowing yourself to shrink away or to avoid or shut down because fear is telling you to do it. So disobeying fear is not, again, just running the other direction and being like, la, 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 I'm not going to listen to you. Um, Because that's, in a way, still letting it control you because you're reacting the way you're reacting as a way of not listening to fear. And that's, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing what you want to do. An example of this is when I work with teenagers, sometimes they will be doing certain behaviors, whether they're drinking, smoking, staying out late, doing something that parents don't want them to do. The situation, though, is often that the parents are exerting so much control, not giving these teenagers the power to make some of their own choices. So they're taking away their power And then teenagers are going out and finding another way to use their power. And so they might be doing this behavior that's that's bad or negative. And I'll usually stop and ask them, do you actually want to be doing that behavior? Or are you just doing it because it's a way of exercising your power? You know, your parents took your power away over here and you're wanting to go over there and do whatever you can do just because you can do it. But that doesn't mean you actually want to be doing it. If you had all of the power in the world to do whatever it is you wanted to do, is this really what you would want to be doing? And usually they're like, well, no. 
um, but they just don't know what else to do. In a lot of ways, that's what kind of like this reaction to fear can be if you're not wise about it. So we don't want you to, to, to fall into that pattern. Instead, obeying courage or disobeying fear is having all the options in the world at your fingertips, regardless of how you feel about that. So maybe you can unpack that a little bit more. I think of like with teenagers, you were talking about that. My, I had a client years ago. This person's probably not even a teenager anymore, but they were talking about the apocalypse or something like that. And he was like, man, I hope that that happens. Like I can totally live off the grid. All I need is my car and like I can make a fire and like all this stuff. And I'm like, that's going to be cool for three days. Um, (laughs) After that, when you're trying to figure out, oh, yeah, you need this thing called water. I'll just park near a creek, bro. I'll drink the creek. That's no problem. Okay. What about food? I can fish, man. Um, What if there's no, like, fish where you're at? Like, you're going to how long? Like, it's just this idea of, like, okay, well, you're not going to be afraid of any of that. You're going to be just fine. You're going to blow. But there's no, teenagers is kind of a great example because there's no wisdom there yet. There just isn't because you haven't really lived enough life. You get older and you're like, well, probably be wise to throw some stuff aside. Like I'm not a freaking prepper, but I'll put some, I'll get a generator maybe and I'll put some water aside. But I do not want this to happen, right? I'm I'm not going to respond to the fear as if it's real and it's going to happen. It's not necessarily taking any courage though either, to be honest, because like we're just living life, right? And that's it. You do need to have insight. You do need to have a little bit of forward thinking about something. But courage, I'm going to sound like I'm speaking about both sides of my mouth here. You don't have to know it. You don't have to know it all. Like you just have to realize for just a second and be able to hold on to the reality that like you really do actually believe this thing. You really are not stupid. And this is really a point at which you're going to need to just state the obvious, meaning the obvious to you about yourself in this situation, because ultimately it will be the best for you, even if others don't think that it is, meaning like they're going to leave you or whatever else is going to happen. Sometimes that involves, we're in a weird place here where some people are out there and they are exercising courage not wearing a mask. And then there's people out there exercising courage wearing a mask at this point. And so it's, and they're coming at it from totally different scenarios. And so it's a very interesting thing, this thing that we call courage. It kind of has a life to it, I think. Yeah, and when you learn to disobey fear and you begin to listen to courage and the wisdom that it can offer you, you have so many different options and ideas in front of you. And the cool thing about that is you do it once and it seems really challenging. It's kind of like, you know, making a plan for something uh, or building something out. Once you once you do that, the hardest work is done. You know, going from zero to one takes the most energy. And going from one to two to three, all that kind of stuff, takes less energy because you've already got some momentum going. So courage is like that also, that once you take up the courage and you do something, the next time you need to come back around and face the fear and use some courage to do that thing again it's a little bit easier because you've got an experience with it. I've done this before. I have some idea of what it's like. And I've got the idea that I did it. I completed it. I was successful. Or even if I didn't succeed, at least I tried and I can do it again. Because if I tried once, I can try again and do that again. And then there's this other cool thing with 
courage that it gives you. You were saying this before, and Nathan, maybe you can unpack this. You used a couple of terms that I thought were really interesting, that courage gives you a sense of completion and finality. Can you tell us what that is? I think what I mean by that is that in the process of accepting, what courage basically does is it allows you to just accept something that's already true, right? But what the reality is, is that prior to exercising that courage, you really weren't accepting it. It was not really actually a part of the fabric of your life. It was a thought. It was a feeling. It's an idea. But as soon as it moves into the real world by you exercising it with courage, it is now something that is finished. It's there. It's officially there. It's tangible. That just happened. And there's a bit of peace that comes in that actually, like, it's over, right? You might need to use the same vehicle of courage to talk about this thing again, but you know a heck of a lot more about what you're talking about. And so it kind of draws that feeling of, like, just completion. I was thinking there's a lot of uh, ways to exercise courage these days in the military. And I wear this bracelet that says 22 a day. And what it's about is that there are 22 military folks a day that commit suicide. My specialty is trauma. And it's frustrating of the confusion that bravery, courage is put forth in the military. Because it's like these folks, these soldiers and Navy folks and airmen and Marines are all out there believing that if they just deal with these nightmares that they have, they are having courage. So if they don't talk about it, if they ignore it, then they're strong. They're good. It takes a heck of a lot more courage to actually agree with, no, this sucks. I don't like these nightmares. I don't want to have them. My life is not going the way that I want it. I can't force it. And to, to accept that it's not. It's just not. And be like, yeah, I, these things suck. I, I, I don't know what to do with them. Everything that I do doesn't work. Even making that statement for these guys that are used to having to make basically lemonade out of apples in situations that are completely weird and totally impossible, they're used to being in situations that are paradoxically stupid. And what I'm saying is, is courage is looking at that paradox and going like, this is a freaking paradox. This isn't even real. I have an issue. And even mentioning that in those situations, and again, again, it is a passion of mine. It's so frustrating that this happens because a lot of times, and definitely not all, um, this is to those, those men and women out there, some of these things can be fixed in like six weeks. Seriously, I'm not exaggerating. Some of these things that you've been through can be fixed in six weeks. Are you going to live your whole life like dealing with this stuff for literally no reason? And pretending it's no big deal. Your family knows it's a big deal, by the way. Anyway, that's kind of a side note. Yeah, and the thing that you're speaking to about courage, it's living in reality. And fear is like a distortion of that reality. So when, you're, when you actually take up courage to see what's really going on and admit to yourself that, yeah, this is what my life is. This is how I'm feeling, how I'm struggling. These are the issues I have. When you finally can admit that, and, you know, by the way, the same thing is true for folks that go through AA or NA, things like that, you know, alcoholics, uh, drug addicts, people who um, use substances, those kinds of things, when you admit that this is a problem, you finally are saying, okay, here's the reality. I've been trying to deal with this or I've been avoiding dealing with it and it's a problem that I need to face in my life. Once you admit that 
or you admit that it's got power over that you can't do anything about, you can finally do something about it. That's where you finally get some of your power back, and that's where there's finally some hope. And that's the tricky thing about about courage and facing fears is that it seems like if you have the fear that this thing is bad and you're weak and there's nothing you can do about it or you know it's going to take over your life or damage you or whatever the case may be, but that when you take up courage, it seems like admitting that stuff is just making it true and that that's the ultimate terrible thing. But it, in fact, it's the opposite that's true. When you admit that reality, it just is that. It doesn't mean that you can't do anything about it or that you are weak. It means that maybe I have a weakness that I don't know how to deal with, but now I can finally admit that and get some help and do something about it. So courage is, gives you, again, so many different options and possibilities for dealing with things. And then it also, you know, it gives you a sense of finality when you do something about it. You know, you attend that first group or you talk to your therapist for the first time or you confess to, you know, your, your family, your loved ones that you've got this mental health issue or whatever the case may be. Now it's like, okay, we know what to deal with. We know that this is an issue that we need to keep focusing on or be sensitive around. And that part is done. You don't need to go back and have that conversation. Now everything is sort of after the fact. And then if you extend that out, here's how it helps your life. Because it is what it is, you don't have to go back and do that. You can now live in a new reality, constructing something different with a new set of skills and a new mindset, a new way of thinking and feeling and being that is more true to who you are. This is a little bit of a, well, it's a huge departure from what we've been talking about. But when I was thinking about this whole courage thing, I was thinking about our podcast you know, it took a lot of courage for us to venture out and to say, we want to start a podcast. We're going to talk on air to tens of folks. Tens of people. <laughs> tens of people. Eventually, it'll be millions of people. Millions and mi- billions of people across the, across the globe and into the galaxy. Um, eventually. Uh, but it took a lot of courage to share ourselves vulnerably, but to face the fear and to say, you know what, I think we've got something here. I think we've got an idea that we want to bring to the table. That is done. We, we, we started that. We've done that. And ever since those first handful of episodes, I've become more comfortable. I can tell that you and I have gotten a whole lot more comfortable with ourselves. It's like we've accepted this is who we are and this is what we're doing and this is what we're bringing to the show. And that has some value. And so there's something about that I think that has just given me a whole lot more um, peace and has settled things. It's just not as scary as it used to be. Something that initially seemed really scary isn't really that scary. It's just a couple of guys talking, you know? And that's kind of the same thing with the whole facing your fears thing, too, that I like, you know, veterans and people with trauma to come in. It's like, I know it seems really scary to face these things, but in a lot of ways, it's like, yeah, I already know. We already know that they're scary. And talking about it to somebody else is just like having a conversation. You haven't had the conversation before, but once you start having it, it's like, oh, that's all it is. Yeah, and one of the things you're giving the example with the different groups and admission and, and like, being honest with yourself, you know, and I had mentioned it before, too, like, you, in a way, you may be right with how you're going to get experienced, right? But what happens after, as things start to move forward, after you've essentially, like, turned on the vehicle of courage, which is kind of a cool analogy or metaphor where you turn on a vehicle, that's kind of what courage does, and it, it drives you somewhere. Well, you end up in a different place, and things change. Things clarify, which is huge. Like the things that you wondered about, you don't wonder about anymore. This person actually doesn't want to talk to you ever again. 
Okay, well, now you're not talking to them again. I mean, I guess that's over. And it might totally suck. You know, it might, it might end relationships. But the other thing it's going to do is it's going to build real ones. You will be standing on who you are. You're not going to have to defend that after a while. People will know where you came from, and, and that's it. It won't even be a thing. And, and all that will kind of wash away. And I know you can imagine it kind of pretty easy right now and go, yeah, that's probably true. I could see that. But there is freedom, and there's peace, and there's a sense of completion in all of that. And so we really encourage you in encourage you. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Boom. Nice job. Shagalaga. Um, to just own yourself. It's kind of really what it's about, you know, disobeying fear with wisdom, courage, just owning yourself. Yeah. And we, as therapists, I think we have a kind of a passion in a sense to see people for who they are and help them accept themselves as they are. Or in another sense, we see who you are and we want you to see yourself as we see you because we see the value in, in everybody and we want you to see that value in yourself. And that's what courage does is it helps you to see things as they are and to see yourself as you really are. So we hope that this episode has given you some encouragement, as Nathan said, to take up those steps to face reality and to maybe do something challenging or do something that you know you've needed to do and to find the freedom to live in a sense of freedom in that identity of who you are. So thanks again for listening and we hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.